podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You started as an RN, caring for one patient at a time. But now you're being called to help more patients more often by earning your master's in nursing leadership and healthcare systems degree online from Grand Canyon University. You could become a leader responsible for staff development and patient care outcomes. What do you think making a difference in healthcare looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Pretty cool, right? Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men? Yep, they also have affordable blue light glasses. Seriously? At those prices? Get them all. I like where this is going. Zenny.com. Prescription glasses starting at $6.95. There we are. Good evening and welcome along everyone to the show. On time for a change. It's not the late trippers of a Monday night. I nearly said it's Tuesday night. That was uh, going back in time. Um, and we have a special show tonight with the match ahead of Real Madrid tomorrow. Um, looking back at the, what's going on the weekend and having a chat. Now, if you've joined us, you will have seen that we have a special guest here with us tonight. And it is, of course, the legendary Stephen Daly. It's great to <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but over here in this corner, you will see a uh, Liverpool legend, Neil Meller. Uh, it's great to have you on the show tonight, Neil. I'm a former player, but great to be here. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having me. Excellent stuff. And on this side here is my good friend, colleague, and man who's going <laughs> to um, show up all your comments, including yours, around the Cheese. It is, of course, Andy Young. <laughs> uh, with that, lads, um, it's great to have you all on. I, we'll probably do a bit of an old-school show tonight. Normally, we have our four mad topics um, but tonight we're going to do a bit more uh, game-centric, being the Madrid game tomorrow, given everything that's to come along, and also um, look ahead to what could be, again, another top-four challenge and hopefully Champions League football for the club next season. So the first show we're going to start with tonight is a pre- Real Madrid Champions League preview, uh, looking ahead to the game itself in... Is it the first leg of Madrid, lads? It is yeah, in Madrid, well, it? it is. It's not in the Bernabeu, but yeah, they're playing it in their, uh, their training training facility. Val de Debris or something that's that is called. Yeah, it's a funny, funny name. Um, and what do you what do you give me stick for Andy for trying not knowing if it was home or away? Look, the last time we played in a Champions League match, we played at home and I was in Hungary, and then we played away and I was in Hungary. So don't give me don't give me dogs here about that, right? So come on now, right? Um, anyway, lads, Neil, I'll let you open the floor. Uh, thoughts heading into the game. Have you done any recce on the Madrid team, given that you are a professional at this game? And um, how, well, how's, your, how's the general mood as we head into this big match uh, against Real Madrid? I'm looking forward to it. We're all looking forward to it, aren't we? Um, I think it helps on the back of that decent result at the weekend. Never sure how the lads would come back after the international break, but came back okay, came back healthy. Um, and obviously Jota um, came off the bench and made a big difference in the game against Arsenal. So looking forward to the game, full of uh, full of health. I, I just wonder about Real Madrid. Now, we think about Real Madrid as a top side and they've not really been at it this season, but... They are such a dangerous opponent because the quality they have, the experience they have, they're on a good little run themselves. All mm. of a sudden, they're challenging for the, the title in La Liga themselves. But with Ramos out, and we know what happened with Ramos, don't we, last time we met? We don't really want to go over that. But he's a massive, massive loss for them if he doesn't play. I know they said he won't play, 
But until I see the team sheet, I will not believe it until he's not on that that team sheet. So uh, that'll be a big blow for them. They've still got Benzema, who seems to be the main man for them this season with goals and a threat. So uh, we will have to be mindful of that. But I'm looking forward to it. steve yeah, I think, as Neil said there, Ramos, if he is out, it's a, it, it's a big boost for us. Um, he, he just, you know, look at the goals he scored for them in the Champions League, never mind the difference he makes to their the, the defence as well. Um, I'm confident going into it, not just because of the result at the weekend. I think there's a reasonable amount of sort of confidence there because we have, over the last couple of seasons, had, like, even if you look at last season going out to Atletico, you know, it was it was an unfortunate one late in the game. Over the last three seasons, we've been very strong in the Champions League, and and I think this actually gives us a welcome distraction. Uh, albeit our league form has improved over the last few weeks, I've I, even when it wasn't great, I was feeling, and I was talking to you, Phil, separately, saying I think this could be a great year for a run just to get their minds off the poor league form. So yeah, I'm, I'm confident. I think I think if we can take if we can score a goal away from home and take it back, I'd be happy enough. If if that's a one nil win, a, a two one win. That that's kind of the the sort of scoreline I'm hoping for. Andy, super optimist, super fan, top red, toppest red in the whole. But away, Steve, I just want to ask you: Did you get a chemical peel on your face today? Because Me? when we were talking to you this morning, your skin wasn't that glowing at all. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> I've been neck and wine for about an hour and a half, and I'm probably just. <laughs> I've got a, a bottle and a half of red wine in me, so fuck it. Yeah, that's probably. All right, I mean. fair enough. That's that, that's a fair point. That's that's fair. Before I go back to work, so uh, <laughs> that's that's fair. I, I can't disagree with that, Andy. Apologies. Yeah, I have to be honest. I, I'm I'm shitting myself, um, and I'll tell you why. It like there was a few, kind of a couple of months ago, or even a few weeks ago, you're wondering where the next win was going to come from, and now we've kind of got a bit of um, bit of a. I suppose confidence back, a bit of shape. Uh, football is becoming important again, and it's it's uh, the stakes are high again. There's a there's a trophy there that you're starting to believe they might actually win. And I, I have I have to say I'm shitting it when we were talking about the draw and who we were going to get there a few weeks back, and everyone was saying oh, I'd like Real, and just my mind wasn't at it. I wasn't really thinking about it because you know you're jumping in and out of football at the moment the way things are, but um. Everybody's saying that Madrid would be an easy opponent and we got drawn them. And I'm just looking at them now, their form. They've practically won all their recent games. And I don't know. <laughs> Why are people so confident? Even the bookies have us as well, favourites. The, well, the, yeah, the bookies have us as favourites to win the game. They have us way ahead as favourites to win the, cha- uh, the competition. It's a game of football. And look, if, if we were going back to a packed downfield in a couple of weeks' time, I'd be a hell of a lot more confident. But this is like, this is a this is a tall order. This game, I think, if we get through this one, we'll go all the way. I have to. I um, I did a bit of research for a change on our opponents. Normally, I, I don't pay any attention to who we're playing against or pay attention to us. But however, I did do it with some uh, research on the opponents. Madrid have really changed their style this season. Um, given a dodgy start that they had and they've dragged themselves back into contention for uh, the Premier League title um, and they've gone very functional and very high possession in terms of high possession rate pl- type of style of play there's I think even with, with Ramos out um, and Hazard not even being in the squad they will probably look to dominate the ball which pro- which 
given the way Klopp has approached games, will probably suit us down to the ground, allow us to to counter them, let them come on to us and try counter quickly, because that seems to have worked really well for us, particularly against the, when Arsenal left gaps against us on, at the weekend, that we were able to really exploit them and, and, and move quickly through transitions with Fabinho back in, in that centre mm. of the team. But I'm looking at this Madrid team, and despite them being a much more functional unit than what they were before, they still have a lot of attacking talent. They still have Marcelo bombing down that left wing. They still have Mendy if they want to play as a left wing back. They have Marcos Asensio. They have Benzema. They have Modric. They have Casemiro. They have all these players that were top-level Champions League players two years ago. Part of the squad that beat us. Mm. I think what's important to remember is it's Real Madrid. They, they are not going to sit back like we have come up against side after side. This They'll have a go. And that should suit us. They'll play a back three. We saw that against Leipzig in, in the previous round. Back three. If they want to go man for man with our attacking players, they're, they're, they're in trouble because we should get plenty of opportunities. And like I say, Real Madrid will be open. You've mentioned all those players there. They rested Varane at the weekend. They rested Cruz as well. So they'll be fresh, ready to come back, back into this game. Um, but the difference is they do have players who can score in the back of the net, which could make a big, big difference mm. if they take those chances. Yeah. Steve, from our point of view, looking looking at us as a team, right, then yeah. what we've learned over the last few weeks, was there a sense going into this game that we did actually rest a couple at the weekend? I'm thinking of Genie, I'm thinking of even potentially Keita, who who tends to to, to play well in these games. Um and offers us something different through that midfield as well. Uh, you look at Jose didn't start the game. He started Bobby, Salah and Mane. Um, and obviously Milner gets a start, a rare start. Normally he's coming in as a, as a sub or, or when, when injuries permit. Is is there a sense that we rest, like tried to do as best as we could, given that the players that we're talking about were on international duty the previous week? Yeah, I think I think that's you know that's what you're talking about. You're looking at Genie having played, what well, I don't know if he played the full 270, but he played all three games for Holland. Um, jotted, jotted the same, um, and and both you know heavily relied on by their by their countries. So yeah, it probably made sense if they were coming back, whatever it was Thursday, only just setting in when when Klopp had had the chance to work with the other players, the Brazilian lads. You know, you're looking at uh, Milner in, in midfield, and you're saying, yeah, listen, it gave him a chance to set up shape and whatever else he wanted to work on while they were away. I don't think it was necessarily with one eye on the Madrid game. It probably was around freshness and going into Arsenal. And, and I, I really do think he's treating one game at a time at the moment. Um, mm. But listen, it'll have done us no harm that they were able to come off the bench rather than start that match, play 30, 35 minutes. I expect both of them to start tomorrow night um, and and think we'd be mad not to. Um, I think, yeah, I, I would I would expect Bobby to, to drop to the bench and I'd expect Milner to drop to the bench. Yeah. Neil, you do all that statsy stuff on uh, NFC TV. I do watch it, and I do going like, look at him doing all that statsy stuff. That's impressive. But normally, have a big board and all to do it on. You're like, it's all, it's all, it's all great. Run out of the ball. <laughs> now let's see how good you are without your big board. And um, well, come here, looking at our team and looking at the way we set up, how important is Fabinho? for us in this game as a midfielder because it looks like we're a team transformed since he went back in there. I think he's been brilliant, hasn't he? Um, he's played centre-half for the majority of the season. I think we've missed him in midfield. I think him coming back into midfield has, has given us more balance in the team. And I think it's helped other players. I think we're seeing more from Thiago as well with Fabinho in midfield. I think it's helped the centre-halves. I know Kabak and Nat Phillips have had a little bit of a partnership with him in front. The protection has helped them. There's no doubt about that. And also the attacking players, because they know we're winning the balls 
in the counter press quicker so we can get the ball quicker to them. So I think that's given them confidence as well. Fabinho in our midfield, we are a better side. So um, I also think he benefited and we will because he never he never went away on international duty. So mm. I think that, that was a huge boost for us. For me now as well, he will be fresh. I think it's a big decision for Jürgen tomorrow. I know a lot of people are thinking Jota will come back into the side. I'm not sure. You know, I think that's a big call from the manager. That's the only one I think he'll be unsure of. Genie will come in, I think, for, for Milner. But don't forget, in the first leg away at Leipzig, I know Jota was injured, but um, Firmino started that game. We got a 2-0 away win. And I thought the front three combined really well together. So, so I wouldn't be surprised if Firmino did start. But Jota is the man in form. Firmino is the experience. Um, so, so we'll see what he goes with. Uh, Andy, from your point of view, looking at that mid, who would you go in the midfield for us? Given, mm. given that the likely midfield for them is going to be something of a Modric Cruz, probably Casemiro set up in terms of a tree that they're going to put in midfield. What's what's their best combination to, to either smother them or be able to just hold off and then play quick transitions through them? Well, I think the midfield picks itself um, mm. at the moment. Thiago has to play. Uh, Fabinho has just made such a difference to the team since he's moved back in the midfield. He was quality when he played as a centre-back, but what we gave up in midfield was just detrimental to how we play. So having him back there is so important. And then Wijnaldum, um, he's always massive in Europe. Um, his experience and the way he plays the game, I think it's it's an absolute must that they play three. I can't picture any um, possibility of playing the four uh, attackers. Um, as Neil says, I think it is a big call. We're not over there chasing a the goal, really. It's it's a game we just don't want to lose come back downfield and, and do the do the damage then. So I think for me I might start. But I'd personally I'd like to see uh Jot to start because he is the man of form and the, he could he could finish the tie over there. You know, you okay. don't leave you don't leave those goals on the bench. So I'm gonna put this Neil, I'll start with you. I'll put the, an alternative option that people aren't really talking about is what about playing Jota instead of Manny? Of the three that's there, we've seen Firmino Bobby sort of does his bits and bobs, not really scored many goals, but Mane of the three lads has really sort of gone off the boil in terms of goals there. He's had a long journey to Africa in terms of the, the international games he played and played the full game at the weekend as well. Is there an argument that you potentially put Jota in in as a starter and maybe rest Mane or have him to be able to come from the bench? Not even thought of that option, no. <laughs> Mane plays, Salah plays, and it's just a question of whether Firmino yeah. and Jota if it was my choice to go with Jota, like you say, he's, he's in great form. He's scoring goals. Made such a difference at the weekend uh, when he came off the bench. He's ruthless, something we haven't been since the turn of Christmas. That's been a big problem for Liverpool. We haven't been sticking the chances away. Jota's back fit, and I think he's helped the whole of our attack. So I, 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 I would want him to start, but whether he does, I don't know. Yeah, it's the it's the hunger that Jota has, though, isn't it? It's the yeah. it, it's um it's like he's just buying into this club project now. All the player the rest of the players have been there a while and they're they're you know they're settled in the system. But you can see he's the man with the point to prove and you, you just that hunger he has, I, I, I don't know how you can leave that on the bench. The 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 difference with Thiago the other night and you can see it in the last few games, having Fabinho People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself. 
You don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Alongside him, his press has improved. His his ability to have extra space in midfield is is huge as well. And you can see when Jota comes off the bench, maybe, I, I listen, obviously Jorgen will do what he does, but but I think he, pro- he may have started Bobby it might have been easier for him to start Bobby tomorrow night had Jota not come off the bench and done what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's come on in 35 minutes and scored two goals. He, he and, and his chances were taken excellently. And, and you know, you're looking at even other little bits of play. Fabinho and Salah, you know, were, were phenomenal the other night. Fabinho was just so good. He, he was mm-hmm. immense. Uh, our, one of our best performances of the season, I don't know if you boys agree or not, was um, for me, Atalanta away. And Jota played, scored a hat trick, Salah and Mane played. Firmino came off the bench that night. Mm-hmm. And, and it was one of those yeah. where he, was, he went with Jota and he was unbelievable that night. Yeah. So, uh, like, like Real Madrid are going to be open. And that would yeah. suit Jota playing the game, there's no doubt. And the, and, the, and the thing is, Neil, we probably are going to get a few chances, but we need to take them. And at the moment, for the last three months, since Jota got injured, Salah has been the only one taking his chances. You know, so you need two of your three in form, if if not all three. So for me, it'd be Jota starting anyway. Yeah. yeah, and it's look, it's a it's a game that it's it's a team that we we won't have played like like them this season at all. It's going to be a totally different uh, proposition. Having having to, uh, sorry Fabinho defending up so high as he is. I was messing earlier on Twitter calling him a false six because he was playing <laughs> ahead of. Uh, of Thiago and uh, and Milner a lot of the time. You know, he, he defends so high up on a team that's going to be so open and especially if they do play three at the back, we can punish them with Thiago, with uh, Fabinho win the ball up high and putting the balls down the channels. There's absolutely no way I wouldn't play Mane either. One, number one, I wouldn't want to upset him because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, I don't know what an angry man I would be like, but I wouldn't like to see it. And, uh, but that's where, that's where Firmino might flourish as well. He might find that bit of form, you know, this bit yeah. of space that he will find because he still is, he still has a lot to offer. It's just absolutely, the way teams got up against him. What's that, Steve? Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I just don't think going with the diamond is a smart move with that Madrid midfield. I think, yeah. I think we should be looking for the first 60 minutes to smother them and press them high. And with Genie, Thiago, Thiago's come around to it now. There's a, I, I've noticed a big difference in him in the last three or four games anyway. So with Genie, Fabinho and, and Thiago, I really think we can smother their midfield, cut out any of the, 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 the sort of uh, effectiveness of, of, or try and cut out the effectiveness of Modric and Cruz. And yeah, that's the way to go. ND6. <laughs> 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 instead of the Heidi I'm going to actually yeah I want to remember Heidi you had to get Heidi yeah. back out there instead of the 10d6 I want to I want to try I want to trademark that before uh, that gets used <laughs> <laughs> yeah Neil if you can use Heidi on uh, any show we'd be really impressed yeah. really, really, <laughs> and we'll love you for the rest of us pretend anything yeah pretend d6 I thought um just on the lottery ball here, though, is if you look at Madrid's next couple of games, they have a Clasico at the weekend against Barcelona. Barcelona have just gone gone and eked out a win tonight, and Madrid are three points off the top against Atletico. Um, to get their noses ahead of Barcelona and really have a go at Atletico for the run-in, they want to go and beat Barcelona um, at the weekend. So, lads, if we were in a race with City at the moment, a real race, there would be this question we'd be having 
as a group of fans saying, what is the priority here? How have they got one eye to the weekend or how do, how are they going to manage themselves through those fixtures? So how big do we think this Champions League looks for Real, given that they look dead and buried in their league title right run up until Christmas and Atletico have had a bit of form fall off that allows the, the other two to come back at them? Mm. I think it's massive. They, they, they want to win both, don't they? They've got themselves back in the, the title race and, and they want to turn over Barca. So they beat them um, They beat them away earlier on in the season, which was a decent result, 3-1, and they wanted to, to do the double over them. Uh, Atletico having a little wobble, they feel as though they can catch them. Um, but the Champions League is the Champions League. You know, they pride themselves on on, on competing in that competition well and going for it. So um, they will be well up for both. Um, would we, like, any of you lads prefer to see Sergio Ramos play in this game? Just to get, just, I know, I know they've said there's no revenge and no no desire for revenge, but you, you as a player, obviously, if you had the chance to write a wrong or perceived wrong, or like even anyone who's watched the, the last dance with Michael Jordan, he used to feed his whole career was fed on, on revenge and beating the people who didn't believe him or perceived evils against him. Would Salah not relish the idea of going up against a slightly more aged? Uh, Sergio Ramos and um, really tear, tear well I was going to use tearing a new arsehole for himself but like I oh, may as well so that's what I'll just use <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use tear a new arsehole I was having a full Ron Bunny moment there is that on the auto cue it is I'll just read it out <laughs> I think we all wanted Ramos to play, didn't we? And we could see Salah turn it on against him and score a few goals because he never got that chance in the Champions League final. So um, he, he, he looks like he's not playing. But like I said, until we see that team sheet, I don't believe any kind of leaked team news. I'm not having that until we see he doesn't play in both games because he's such an important player for, for Real Madrid. They will do everything they can to get him available for at least one of those games. But Salah, Salah the form he's been in, you'd fancy him to... Uh, I might use a different phrase to what you said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good game and score a few goals against him. <laughs> uh, Steve, I'm, I'm delighted he's out. I don't want to see the fucking side no. of him. I want us to be. <laughs> I want us to be two or three goals up and I'll happily see him in the return leg at Anfield. Uh, no problem with that, but I'm I'm thrilled he's out. And the more players they I hope Benzema breaks his fucking ankle tomorrow morning as well. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Anything, I don't care. I just want yeah. to get past them. Well, I don't hope he yeah. breaks his ankle, but maybe a, maybe a positive COVID test to knock him out for two weeks and do me fine, yeah. Oh, what about a Brian Harvey moment? Remember from E17 when he went in to fill up his car with petrol and he forgot to put the handbrake on and just ran himself over? Like That's just an accident <laughs> as opposed to anything bad. Yeah, Sorry. Andy, yeah. one last thing. Are we destined to win this match because of Alison's moustache? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's special. I mean, uh, and I hope I hope if we if we keep going in the Champions League, he doesn't shave it, and um, because it'd be it'd be good standing up there in the podium, lifting big ears for the for the seventh time. He looks and like moustache is special. Why? <laughs> It it's like it's unbelievable. It's, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I can see a lot of fans when we when they come back to Anfield having big big runnies now just just to look <laughs> like that Ali. Nineteen seventies crowd of Anfield, won't it? Yeah. Did you see all the memes done up with? Remember the old yellow yeah. jersey? Was it was it the Reebok yellow jerseys that they came yeah. out at that time? And it was just like all the the, the fake scousers from the eighties in terms of what was on. Just have, they yeah. just superimposed Allison's face onto all of them now. A whole crowd of Allison's. <laughs> um, 
But was the rumor was now, now maybe you, you you're close to the camp. So was it true that he didn't get his hair cut all that time until he conceded a goal, and that's why he almost had like dreadlocks and everything at that stage? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't hear that one, but I'm certainly loving the old muzzy at the moment. Yeah, yeah. we can keep I, that all the way till we uh, till we get to Istanbul, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I think bringing anything back of, of Brucey Grovelers back into the camp has to be good. And bringing the Tash back in is definitely a step up uh, in, in the levels of kills for him. Lads, taking this on to the next next logical step, um, I probably should do predictions, but we leave predictions right to the end. Um, but looking at this season, looking at where it's gone, and given that West Ham tonight have gone and won um, and have jumped up into fourth place, the the way the league has panned out, um, and it look, doesn't look like you're going to need maybe more than 70 points to get into the Champions League. Is there is there the hint of 2004 and 2005 in this season? And it's great having Neil on because Neil, you'll have a, a direct knowledge of 2004, 2005, <laughs> given that you're a part of the squad at the time. But, but looking at this as a whole, you have a, probably a Liverpool team that's slightly out of form going into these Champions League games that most teams in Europe... If they were looking at the form table, we'd probably say we want we fancy them, but they don't really fancy them because it is Liverpool and it is the Champions League. And then we've also got this patchy league form going on, particularly since Christmas time. Um, and then you have all these unfashionable teams challenging for top four. Even Everton back then were challenging for top four. I think they finished fourth, and uh, obviously we 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 robbed their spot um, the following season. But you know, is is there the echoes of 04 and 05 in this in this Champions League campaign? Who's that one coming to me? That's going straight to you, buddy. You and the 0405 squad, <laughs> they're the only one who got first-hand experience. So. Do you know what? I don't really see too many similarities. And I'll tell you why. Because back then, we, we were the underdogs right the way through that tournament. We're just about straight through the group uh, with Olympiacos. Then the knockout stages, no one fancied us. Bayer Leverkusen, no chance. Juventus, no chance. Chelsea, we were the underdog every game. And even the Champions League final, this is the best AC Milan team has ever been. And all of a sudden, we end up winning the trophy. So the difference is that this team, okay, Van Dijk's out. We've had a few injuries defensively and the disruption. This team have proved they can win top trophies. Two seasons ago, winning the Champions League. Last season, winning the Premier League title. This team is feared in Europe. No one wants to play them because of our attacking players. And that is the difference. When we were in 2004-05, they would have been buzzing to have seen my name on the team sheet. Whereas when they see Salah's name on the team sheet, they will be thinking, we have got problems. So uh, I understand what you're saying because we're off the pace in the, in the Premier League. But now this, this team, this squad are very much in the conversation to win it. Steve, you were the one that, that thought this was a great topic, so what, what's your thought? <laughs> <time? laughs> getting fucking buried here. Um, no, I don't, I don't think there's any similarities, and I think your idea to bring this up was absolute bullshit, Phil. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go along with it anyway. Um, no, I, I think, yeah, listen, we, we are off the pace in the league. Obviously, it's a massive step down from last season when we were so strong. Um, what are we, 36 points behind where we were at this point last year? I think they said on... Uh, on Sunday, we're, we're 36 points less than what we had at this point last year. We, so, we'd won at this stage, haven't we? Uh, no, not with eight games. No, I don't think was so. It, it was close. We were only going up to before lockdown. City never got the points we had before lockdown. Yeah. Mm. Nine, so, games. Yeah, nine games. Nine games it was. Was it actually? Was it yeah. one before we... I thought, it, I thought it carried on. We didn't actually... It, it did carry on. City, City never got our points that we had. When lockdown hit first time... They never got our points total that we that we had with nine games. We we won it after, of course, Chelsea, but yeah. they never got to our total. 
Oh, I get you. I get you. No, I know what you're saying. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, listen. I, I think I think you can you can we can pick out. It's nice to pick out similarities with 0405 because it makes us all feel like we might go on and win the Champions League this year. That's why we're all doing it. If any of us are doing it, but but in reality, and and as Neil said, and he was part of that squad, it is chalk and cheese in terms of the 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 way this team is viewed um, in the Premier League. You know, everybody's looking at us in the Premier League and saying how are they there and they shouldn't be there and and everybody's looking at the injuries and the disruption etc etc when you're going into the Champions League you have these two-legged matches where you don't have to worry about anything you only have to focus on that team over two games and move on and move on it's it's exactly what we can we we can manage each of those ties as they come along Andy have you got like you, you love a bit of nostalgia? There was there has been this chat in the group about this 0405 and the magic of Istanbul is back around mm. this this year and the whole lot. Um, where where's that coming from, in your opinion? Like uh, mine, mine is looking at sort of patchy form and and re- lifting standards into Champions League. Go on. Mm. No, look, the only similarity is it's a, it's an easy decision. What what's priority this year? We're out with the league, so it's it's a it's obvious what the priority is, and it would have been. A- so let's say you're into yoga or Pilates. Or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Same in 04, 05, I'm sure Neil will be able to say. Um, and but, like that's the only similarities I find. But like, I don't know. I still I think it's a shit topic as well, Phil. Tell Steve, this is his one. The nostalgia, yeah, I love the nostalgia. Look, and I love the Champions League. Actually, Neil, I mean, when you're in the camp, when you're at Liverpool, like for me as a Liverpool fan, I think the the, the European Cup is is the special one. I know going so long without winning the league, and it was long enough even at that stage when you were playing. But the Champions League, it must be just something that's that's even in the camp. It's it's a special trophy. Yeah, yeah, no special trophy. And I think what you have to remember today, boys, is that our squad, yeah, we've got a lot of sort of uh, English lads in there, but a lot of our continental boys, Salah, Mane, this is, even Jürgen, this is huge for them and their reputation. They want to win the Champions League. The Premier League's, yeah, great to them, but the Champions League's bigger because of what it does to them. It propels them to to being the best if they can win the Champions League. So uh, I think that's the big difference. Back back in our time, the Champions League was huge. Of course it was. But because we hadn't won the the Premier League for so long, and we weren't even close to winning the Premier League back then. So it was, Mm. you know, we we were off the pace. um, But the Champions League, the the music, the fans, Mm. uh, that's one thing I must say. I think think you mentioned it a little bit earlier on. Not having the fans for that second leg, that's a big disadvantage for us. Because... I thought I wasn't sure we could win the Champions League without the fans. I'll be honest. I'm thinking it is such a huge difference to have. You think back to when we won it in 05 um, Chelsea. What a night that was! The fans, mm. the difference. Even when we won it, uh, the Barcelona semi final. Thinking, wow, how, how have we won that? So, so to win it without the fans, that's that's a big ask for this group of players this year. But hopefully yeah. we can. But what that second leg at Anfield against Real Madrid would have been unbelievable. Yeah. 
Even the even the three years ago when the uh, the famous um, bus arrived. But I mean that that game was won before the the you know the Liverpool fans carried the coach into the ground. You know what I mean? The the, the scenes are outside the art. They were rattled when you were hanging out of a lamppost. Boom, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, was my, that was my look at life. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was there. I just wasn't up on that lamppost. Like, you know, I keep saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have video footage of you it's on Amazon Pro. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. that was just, that was, uh, I don't know, a brother from a different mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, your, with your actual brother standing underneath. Yeah. yeah, another brother from a different mother. Yeah. Brother, brother. <laughs> Um, but that was that was amazing. I mean, I just I just can't imagine how that must have felt for the players going into the into the ground. Like they couldn't see with the red smoke, and and then for the oppositions. Look, and we just we don't have that this year. So it will be it will be a a, a big big achievement to go on and win the Champions League without that without that influence, uh, because it's always given us the edge over over um other teams and, and the bus arrival thing is, is kind of only a recent thing I suppose but um, it's always been a thing where it, if they needed a goal the fans were out the cop was always able to suck the ball into the net and gave them such an edge so it is going to be a massive achievement if they can go all the way Nate it's probably a good, a good one to ask you on that because you played obviously in the Olympiacos game you scored one of the crucial goals in that run in 05 right Um and the impact of the crowd for you guys at that point. So even even looking back, I think was it on the it was on the television today. I think it was on LSC TV actually. They were showing it today, and um, that goal, your header, and the state of the stadium after that header goes in. That's even before Gerard scores the winner, right? It's just it's it's off the charts. There's, there's people nearly falling over seats and everything in it. So as a player on the pitch, what is that like when it just takes off? Because like for us, mm. it's mental. But like for what's it like for you as a player? And that was the, it was the best feeling, the best feeling, and the best atmosphere I ever experienced on the pitch that night against Olympiacos. You know what it does when the fans are giving you that sort of support? It gives you confidence, and it's one of the hardest things as a player to have confidence. But you know you've got fifty thousand fans supporting you, and you're looking round at Olympiacos fans, thinking they look at they're, they're alone. They're, they're all of a sudden thinking their confidence is being drained. They don't want the ball because they're getting pressure to go towards the cop from us. So it was uh, it was an unbelievable experience. Um, but but uh, Steve, I mean Stevie's winner. I mean what a winning goal that was. Carragher on the left wing. What was Carragher doing on the left wing? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I've got two. Op- well, I've got a few options. I'm, I'm on the edge of the box. I can flick it on. I can take a control. Maybe try and shoot myself or lay it off. The problem is there's two players to lay it off to. One is John Arnarisa. We all know Ginger's got a good shot on him, but he's left footed. <laughs> And if I lay it off to him, that's on his right foot. One in 500, he's going to hit the target with. So I thought I'd better go with Stevie G. And uh, as we know, Stevie absolutely rifled it in. And when, when you watch that goal again, I don't know if you clock it, but I stand on the edge of the box as if to give him a hug and he just barges. <laughs> yeah, he just bails. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was the last one there. I was winded from Stevie knocking me out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> How, it was, many times, uh, how many times do people just scream at you, lovely cushioned header? It's like, it's just, <laughs> literally, since we said you're on the show, we have about 4,000 yeah, tweets of people yeah, going, yeah, don't yeah. forget to mention, lovely cushioned yeah. header. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's coming in. Yeah. Um, not got much of a forehead either. So, yeah. <laughs> you did well with the real estate. Which was which was which was better struck your own versus Arsenal or his against Olympiacos? I wanted to ask about the Arsenal strike because I was in a pub watching that game and 
or something else. Mine was just, I was shattered. I was just hitting hope. And mm. uh, last day of the game and in it goes against uh, Arsenal. I, I actually remember asking Sol Campbell for his shirt before, before we had the free kick. And, and I thought Sam, Sol Campbell was a good defender, but I didn't collect shirts. I didn't think he was the best centre-half. And maybe that slightly distracted him for giving me the chance to uh, to get the shot at goal and in the back of the net. But that, that was a proper Roy the Rovers moment. That was where I got to share my own moment with the fans. And uh, yeah. mum and dad were there as well that day. So it was, do you know what the crowd was that day? I, I Googled it a while back. I was thinking, must have been 50-odd, 46,000 there was there mm. that Thanks, that so. was a full house, wasn't it? At that point, like we didn't have the main stand, so we were at forty six thousand at that stage, weren't we? Forty six thousand back then, yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, yeah. Still, it wasn't feel bad having forty six thousand people cheering your name. So <laughs> <laughs> I always, uh, I always remember Kiel on the ground. If he had stuck his head up, he, he would have got decapitated. I think. He <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah. it was just as well yeah. he stayed down. Oh, like, uh, yeah. To be yeah. fair, well. Yeah, and actually, was, you, had a, you, had a, you had a hand in the goal for the Alonso one as well. You took Campbell for a little stroll out of the way. Yeah, there you go. A little bit of movement. Do you know, do you know what does me a favour? The commentators making me sound a better player than I am. That movement. So, thank them since I've finished playing. Yeah. You, had Campbell on, you had Campbell on toast. <laughs> Come here. Yeah. Just the goal you score against Olympiacos, because it gets sort of sandwiched. It's because it's the second goal, right? Yeah. So everyone always remembers the Gerard one, right? Mm. What's got look? It's, it's pinball stuff that's going on. What's what's the, what's going through your thought process as the ball just drops? Was it as hit as hard as you can, or was it? I, I was fuming that Nunes never scored. I was thinking, have you not scored at the far post? Yeah, You've yeah, got to yeah. be scoring that. Yeah. Well, thank bang. I'll put it in then. Away we go. And it was just a case of racing back to the cot, back to the uh, halfway line, and we go again because we needed mm. another goal. Couldn't really celebrate. It was like, right, let's go. We're yeah. going back again to score. Yeah, the the ball in from uh, Cinema Pongo that was was good too, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was class. Flo was a great lad. Really yeah. liked Flo. Well, I was fuming at half time because I was sub, and we were one 0 down, weren't we? At half time, Rivaldo had scored the free kick at the cop yeah. end, and we had to score three. And for fifteen minutes at half time, I was jogging on the spot, staring at Rafa Benitez to say, "Bring me on, bring me <laughs> on." And at the end, he brings Pongol on. So I was like, "Why are you bringing him on instead of me?" And yeah. what a genius, because because uh, on goal scored after about two minutes. So I was thinking, what a brilliant substitution. That was. <laughs> Go down, shake his hand. Well done, Gaffer. <laughs> and then eventually brought me on and I got my goal. Right, yeah. here's, here's one for you now. And obviously it's, it's, it's a hypothetical question, but looking at, and you obviously have some interaction with him from being in the club with, with Jorgen and Rafa. Which which for you is the man? Like obviously Jorgen has done a, a, amazing things. I, I'll be honest with you, Jorgen is for me is miles ahead of nearly anyone we've had there since Kenny in the eighties, right? But as you as as thinking back to being a player then and now, how much would you have loved to play for Jorgen, or were you delighted to play, to be part of the Rafa Benitez sort of ways and and means back then in in in, in the noughties? Come on, there's only one. How can I answer that question? Rafa Rafa gave me the chance. Rafa was the one who who educated me a lot on tactical side of things. Um, And I wouldn't have had the moment against Olympiacos and and Arsenal without Rafa. So, and he only lives about a mile down the road. So, (laughs) (laughs) it'll be be knocking on my door. (laughs) But but I would, you know, I would say I would have loved loved a hug off him, you know, at the end after a game. Mm. It was one of those which, if you got a little thumbs up, that was that was like a Jurgen hug uh, nowadays. Mm. That was a difference, but not, we all love a hug, don't we? I love one off Jurgen, but I've not had one. 
How did he? How did he show us the emotion or his appreciation of the players? Like how 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 did he how did he but do that? that yeah. By doing that, a little look at yeah, you as if yeah. Come, yeah, and that was that was it. As if to say, you've done all right there. Yeah. He didn't even say it. <laughs> that yeah. was it. He's a he's a gent though. Remember, Steve, we we uh, we crashed that uh, upstairs VIP meeting yeah. at the gig. Yeah. And uh, we met Rafa. He was he was a he's a lovely fella, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's very yeah. He's very nice. Yeah. He's very very personable. Very yeah. you know, But I'm assuming he keeps that clinical professional nature with his players. Neil, is it just to to not let them too close so that he can? He says he's the father figure. So he sort of gives them the guidelines, the discipline, and the chairman, the owner, is, is the granddad. That's how he sort of sees it as, as that way, um, which is interesting. It's different. So not to get too close, but he's, he's giving us guidelines of, of what he wants from you. Um, mm. Like I say, I mean, I, I really like him and I want to see him do well. Um, he hasn't got a job at the moment, I don't think, because I saw him in the, well, I know he's still walking about round, round here. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see him again. But he was great for Liverpool. He really was great. Okay, so if you do see him now, would would you get a hug off him now? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Yeah, he's actually talking more now than when he was manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can can understand that though, because now it's a it's a person to person relationship rather than a manager player relationship, I guess. Yeah, uh, and yeah, uh, and back then I was young. I was scared to speak to the manager. Mm. Whereas the older you get, the more you think, "Well, I'm going to. I'm not having that. I want to talk to you." Uh, Yeah, I was just just happy to be around it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, so, he was he was he was dead serious after the Gerard goal, wasn't he? Every the whole, like Anfield was mayhem, and the only man with a serious face in the in the whole crit was him. It was the steward. Didn't the steward give him a hug? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the steward's last game. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see forty-five the next yeah. day, don't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> you what? Rafa was making notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was always him. You know, you'd you'd see a really important goal go in, and Rafa's head would be down, just scribbling away, fucking whatever needed to be done. He was he was meticulous, you know. And it's just, yeah, it's. We were only so, talking about this on Thursday night, actually, about Rafa uh, with Jamie and Gav, saying it would have been really interesting to see what he could have done over a longer period of time had he actually got the... If you look at the players that he really wanted to sign, the likes of the David C, uh, the David Silvas and the David Villas and some others, you know, if, he, if he'd been able to bring in a couple more of them and had that backing, you know... Top coach, won the Champions League, took us very close as well, then into the Premier mm. League. Yeah, very close. I know, I know. So one last one, last one on, on, on this topic, but Neil, what would you reckon a Rafa... Celtic versus a Stevie G Rangers would do for the Scottish League. Do you think that could take us back into the, the glory days of, of people being interested in the Scottish oh, Premier League? Oh, yeah. Well, it's available, isn't it? The old Celtic job. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but but Stevie has created a lot of interest down here with, with the whole Celtic and, and Rangers rivalry. You know what? It's a rivalry I do not get involved with because <laughs> I'm down here. I want Stevie to do well. Um, but, but there's no way I'm picking Celtic or, or Rangers. It's a case of I'm happy for wanting to win it one year, the next, the other year, and, and just enjoy watching them games. No, you can't even say that, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to, yeah, just this you just have to go all together. That's a great game to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm staying out of it then. Yeah, yeah. Good move. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, I always think Rafa would make a really good director of football. It, like, if you got a. 
Behind every company, there's a time-tested engine keeping it moving. By earning your accounting degree online from Grand Canyon University, you can advance your career by identifying business efficiencies and building business models. Become a core team member by keeping business on budget and on track to success. What do you think accounting careers look like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Got back at Liverpool. You know, it's just this knowledge of the game, not necessarily on the pitch. Rafa loves coaching and wanting to be involved too much to maybe step upstairs just yet. He wants to yeah. be... Um, yeah. Doing but you remember, uh, I, I always thought, remember he got kind of knocked back by uh, the owners at the time and he wore the tracksuit then afterwards because they didn't like him, wanting, you know, wanting to have a say up higher in the hierarchy, I suppose. Yeah, mm. I, I, I don't know. Listen, Rafa, Rafa will be back somewhere, whether it's Celtic mm. or somewhere else, he'll be back as, as a manager. Mm. I think it's, I think it's again, I, I always, I think Sartre Vandy. I always thought of him uh, would have been a great sporting director at some place as well because he seemed to be able to set clubs up. If you look what he did to the academy at Liverpool, and this is what I want, I want to take this topic in, in this direction, right? If you look at the changes that he brought in at Liverpool to the academy setup and everything while he was there, um, then he brought in Burrell and Pep Segura at the time. They, they revolutionised in terms of what they were doing in the academy and tried to start off this production line of talent that was sort of lost for a bit during the mid-90s and coming into the early 90s until, until maybe Julia arrives and then then Rafa obviously comes in after him. Looking at it now, and a lot of questions have come in there. Kieran Thorne has thrown out a nice little fact there for me. Six goals he scored for the Reds, only one was an equaliser. Four would have turned out to be winners, but had to score a double against Borough in the Cup. I don't get the, the last part of the sentence, but I do get the, the first part. So... um that's a nice little stat that you threw out there. But come here to me. Um, the question I have is around this, and you're seeing a lot with your, with your stuff on LFC TV. You're seeing a lot of the, the kids coming through. You're seeing a lot of the 18s, the 23s and stuff like that. We had a lot of questions in about your opinion on the current bunch of 18s, particularly is it Muzielowski and the other lads that are there as well. Um, we're, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then there's, there's um, one of the goalkeepers is over with St. Pat's in the League of Ireland at the moment. He's doing really well. He's, he's, he's turning in really good performances here. You've seen a lot of the players come through, like Shea Ojo and stuff, who've gone out on loan as well. Um, from your point of view and looking at the team at the moment, particularly this year with Curtis Jones making the first 11, we have Trent in there who's now a fixed, like a permanent fixture. You look at Reese Williams who went out on a loan spell and has, and has gotten a promo this year. Nat Phillips, even though he's a bit older, he's now gotten, he's gotten a run of the team. How much has this been part of what Jorgen's done and the legacy of what Rafa's done before and how FSG as, a, as an ownership group seen the idea of a, of a production talent for the football club? Yeah, no, I, th- I think all of it has played its part. But <coughs> I would say Jorgen's played a bigger part than certainly the previous regime of uh, of Rafa or Gerard Houllier because the academy and the first team have been were disconnected for a long time and I was part of that disconnection. You know, I was down at Kirby at the academy and it was really hard to get down to Melwood and to impress the first team staff to train with the first team boys. Now, the relationship was strained between um, Stevie Highway and and then Gerard Hulia, which then went on to Rafa Benitez. So that, that was where it all began and not sort of until Brendan Rodgers eased it a lot and also um, obviously Jürgen. His first day in charge, Jürgen, he's on the balcony at the academy. He's talking to Alex Inglethorpe and, and he knows the importance of bringing through these young players. Now, now we talk about Trent Alexander-Arnold as an established first-team player. 
But it's still Jürgen who's, who's took him to being a, a top-class right fullback. He's the one who's given him the, these games, played in two Champions League finals, won the, the Premier League. He could have said, no, I'm bringing my own right fullback in. But he believed and he's given him that opportunity. So the academy is in the best place it has been for a long time because the first team have a manager in, in Jurgen Klopp who gives them the opportunity and believes in youth getting an opportunity around the senior players. So that's why we're seeing Trent in there. Curtis has established himself, could have gone out on loan, could have uh, maybe got lost a little bit. Um, Nico's had games, Reese Williams had games, Nat Phillips has established himself as a centre-half, done really well for us in the team. Uh, and don't forget, we've got Harvey Elliott, who, who will come back and be a part of Liverpool, I think, in certainly uh, maybe next season or the year after. He's the one that will come through. Uh, I think he's an outstanding player as well. So the academy is in a great place at the moment. You mentioned Muzolowski, the Polish uh, attacking player. He's got the wonder goal against Newcastle. All seen that one. What a goal that was. Yeah, he's a special player. Um, a lot of ability. Uh, I think he's trained a couple of times with the first team. Yeah. So, it's, so it's, he's trying to impress them. They're all in bubbles, don't forget, though, at, at yeah. down at Um But the boys now are on the same side. So they may get the odd more opportunity to, to be in, in around the first team, which can only help them. But uh, yeah, Muzzolowski is only young. So if he keeps progressing, developing, wants to learn, then he's uh, he's got a chance to impress the boss. Yeah, there was a good there was a good clip of it of the the kids playing against the first team there during the international break. He was there, and um, he he was excellent. He was taking the piss. So <laughs> it's, it's it's exciting to think that there might be someone on the brink there. You know, Elliot Elliot coming back next season is going to be amazing. He's different as an attacker because he dribbles yeah. with the ball and he can yeah. take can take it past three or four players. You're thinking, how's he done that? Yeah. You know, whereas he's not perhaps a finisher, but he can be someone who can really excite and has the X factor in the final third. Yeah. Um, Billy Cometio, he had a huge, big sort of cult following before the season start. This is before even the the the, the Virgil injury because he goes on the the preseason games. Looks like a potential centre-back star in the making. How is his progression from your point of view in terms of what you're seeing? Is, is it is it something that um, is looking natural or could he be one to struggle to break to make that breakthrough to the first team, particularly when there seems to be an awful lot of money about to be spent either on a centre-back or another centre-back reinforcement along with Ozan Kabak? I, I think he's really young. Mm. Yeah, he's 17, 18, still really young. He hasn't kicked on from from preseason. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, he hasn't had a, a great season. This, he's made a lot of mistakes, uh, which happens. You know, the learning, the developing, aren't they? And it's how he reacts to that. I, I think in the next couple of years, we'll just see how good a player he might be. But certainly at the moment, he's still in that learning phase, still still trying to develop, um, and and we will see more of him perhaps in years to come. But he's um, yeah, he hasn't had a great season this season. And um, Kelleher, Queeving Kelleher, often forgot because he's now seen to be, again, another established player that's in that first team squad. You've watched him a lot playing. Was he the standout of the goalkeepers that you would have seen go through the academy? Because we seem to sign at least 10 goalkeepers every transfer window. We won't sign anyone else, but we'll definitely sign a goalkeeper. A 16-year-old from Poland or Scotland or wherever it is. Um, we seem to definitely have a goalkeeper fetish all right in the academy. But like, was it was he the standout prospect, in, in your opinion, as you've seen over the last couple of years? I'm saying this right, Quivine. Well, we can argue Quivine. here, but yeah. Quivine. Quivine, okay. Um, did I say that right? But, but do you know what? Like him. Really like him. Um, makes saves, important saves. 
when he has a very little to do, his concentration is really good. Um, and and he's a player who has really stood out at, at youth level. And that's why he's got in and around the first team. But my mate was at, uh, at Liverpool in the first team, not in the first team, fourth choice goalkeeper last year, Andy Lonigan, good mates yeah. with him. And uh, he was saying, Quivine, great lad. I've said his name wrong again, Anna. He is a great, he is a great lad, and he's going to have a bright future. So uh, I wasn't surprised. Do you know when he got into the team? I felt as though I trusted him. I know he got the nod ahead of Adrian, and I thought he did really well. So pleased for him. And it's difficult to play because, in my opinion, we've got one of the best goalkeepers in the world. We'll talk about Real Madrid a few years ago. The goalkeeper may be costing us. Atletico Madrid maybe a goalkeeping error costing us. Allison has made the odd error. But I still trust him as one of the best goalkeepers about. So uh, it's difficult for Quivine, Quivine to, to, to get in there. But, um, but he's learning all the time around, Alison. Think the best way to imagine how to pronounce it, Neil, is imagine you're half pissed, right? And just go Quivine. And there you go. That's it's, it's, that, that's, it's that simple. <laughs> Like an E, but it's an I, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just call him, just call him Kev. Kev. Oh, no, Kev. 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 <laughs> Kev Kelleher. It's that simple. Yeah. <laughs> It's mad. Everybody has to say his name correct. You know what I mean. And and most of the other players have nicknames like Bobby or Ali, and you know yeah. what I mean. Ox, like just well, call him. Just call him. Just call him Kelly. Something like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard Klopp on a couple of others shorten it now to Queeve. So that's yeah. That's yeah. What they're what they're calling them. So yeah. Like him though. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's got a bit to go as well. You can see it like he hasn't filled out yet. You know, goalkeepers normally once they get into the sort of mid twenties have that that bulk they they bulk out a bit as well. He is still quite trim for 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 a keeper. So you'd expect him to put on a bit of mass as well. And yeah, I wouldn't be wor- I don't I I wouldn't be worried about him being our second choice goalkeeper next season. It's been it's to be fair, he's been a bit unfortunate as well with injuries, because given yeah. that he's been more unavailable since Christmas time just after that really good run that he had for us um, and he's missed out on making a, a claim for the Irish national team jersey as well because he would have been um, starting over the last, last few games maybe he was better off not starting those few games um, but uh, yeah so anyone else that we should keep our eyes on Neil coming out of the academy especially close to the first team or, or in around that at the moment particularly when you look at say I don't know, Simicas hasn't really sort of torn up this season in terms of the, the left-back spot. You, you'd imagine that we're going to need to see replacements or enhancements to the squad as we move into next season as well. Yeah, Clarkson's not far off it. Um, central midfield, I think he played in one of the Champions League games, didn't he? Earlier on in the season, was that um, Michelin, maybe, away? He played in that mm. game, central midfield player. Very, very uh, tidy football player. Uh, I think he's done really well for the 23s. um, Leighton Stewart scored a lot of goals at academy level this season, but unfortunately had a serious injury. But he's a really talented centre-forward. Glatzel's had injury problems, really good centre-forward. The right right full-back, Connor Bradley, uh, I think he's a a Northern Irish boy. He's had a very good season. I think he's only 17, very young. Um, Tyler Morton. Listen, all these lads have got talent, but it's taken it from the potential to getting in with the first team and saying, being able to handle being around some of the best players in the world and, and being able to cope with that. And I don't know how they're going to handle that, but there's a lot that certainly do well at academy level. That's the big test for them. Mm, yeah, you were saying you were talking to, to Cordis Jones. He's a player that seems <coughs> to just totally grasp this chance. He's he's just blended in there unbelievably, hasn't he? Oh, what a player. Yeah. Can we, can we, so uh, 20. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, he scored his first youth cup goal at 15. And so I think he really benefited from uh, playing under Steven Gerrard because Gerrard was manager for, for one season of the 18s. And I think he really was helped by Stevie in his development. Kicked on and he's, he's a player. Now you look at loan moves and think, what's best for a player to go out on loan or to train every day with the best players in the world. So he's trained every day with this group of players last few years, won the Champions League, won the Premier League, and now he's played, what, 30 games this season? And, mm. and he's an established first-team player. I think he's benefited from Ox being injured, from Cater being injured, because he's that more advanced midfield player. Um, but he's very much uh, a Liverpool first-team player now. Yeah, and he's he's getting braver and braver every every time he plays, isn't he? Because you know he has all that talent, but I think at the start he might have been a bit safer, but he just seems to become more and more brave every game he plays. Lads, I was there for the goal against Everton. He's bent yeah. it. So Everton have got the first team out. We're playing our resi stroke 23s and he's put it in the top corner. What mm. a goal that one was. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, it's, it's, it's hugely impressive for a lad that age playing in a position that's actually not been natural to him over the last few years. He, he played more on the left-hand side in, in, in the attack, didn't he, for the for the 23s. Um, so to come in and do such a disciplined job in the first team this season has been tremendous. And he, he just looks a natural in that, in that midfield when he's there. I think he can play in different positions, Curtis. I think he has that intelligence about him, that flexibility, which we see so often with current players. I think he can play high left, but I quite like seeing him in the midfield three, getting on the ball. Uh, he can go past the play and he can create an opportunity and would, score a goal as well. Would you say confidence in yourself is a key factor, Neil, in terms of making that step from the academy to the to the first team? Like, Is it a case whereby a lot of players fall down? They have the natural ability, but when they start mixing it with the first team, once it doesn't click immediately, they start to doubt themselves. They start to say, listen, I, I don't deserve to be here. You know, I was a big fish in a small pond type situation. And now I've come in with the first team. And, you know, does, is, is, that a, is that a problem? Is that something you have to get your head around? Yeah, belief. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, to believe that you deserve to be there, you, you know, you've earned the right to be in amongst the first team players. Who cares if they cost however many million? You've earned the right to be there and you've got an opportunity to impress the first team managers. And, men, and many young players have, have struggled to uh, to take to that. I think attitude is important as well. You know, realising that, you know, you haven't made it. You've got you've got to earn the right to get in the first team and, and try and have a run in the side. doesn't matter how well you've done in the youth team, how well you've done for the 23s. You've got to try and now get yourself in the first team and get a run of games there, which can be a big challenge. For, for me, guys, do you not think that the, like, I think Curtis Jones is a perfect example of where I thought you could improve an Adam Lallana type player. So I thought Lallana was lovely and, 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 and had great skill and great talent about him. But Jones also seems to have that range of passing. So he's able to pick up a ball and, and move the ball maybe 15, 20 yards cross field really accurately. And he has that deadly finish. Like he does have a fantastic shot in him. It's like they've almost taken Lallana as a prototype and said to him, look. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. This is if you style yourself around this type of player, and I'm not saying it's 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 this simple, but like this is the type of player he looks like. We can mold him into a better version of Lalana, and that seems to be the type that we're coming out with. Um, is there a limit in what he can become 
for this team under Jurgen Klopp now? Well, I think he can be an established first-team player like Trent has become. You know, I think he can be a player who can who can give us that 10 goals a season from midfield. I think we've really missed that this season. Uh, I know he's established himself, but I feel as though at times we're a little bit over-reliant on the front three and we need the goals from, from other areas. You know, Miss Cater's, uh, Ox's goals this season, Van Dijk's goals this season. Um, but I think I look at Curtis and think you can hit double figures maybe for goals or assists and mm. really and create a lot for those attacking players. And one 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 sort of one to round off on, on the young players, but Nat Phillips, he's getting an awful lot of plaudits at the moment. He definitely looked like a player that, that had no way no way no path to get near that fourth team and has come in and done really well for us. Where do you see him going at the end of this season? And I don't mean like is he out the door? But then again, you know, sometimes for a player's progression, you look at Connor Cody and what he's done since he went to Wolves, having been there, there about to, around the force team when 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 he came through, and look what he's done since then. What what would you like to see? What would would you like to see for Nat Phillips? And what do you think is ultimately going to be his pathway? Big Nat P, love him. Um, he'll add anything. He'll tackle anything. Um, he, he, do you know what? He went to the Bundesliga 2 then last year and he came back, played in that game against Everton in the FA Cup and done really well. And then he went back to Germany. Um, like you say, wasn't part of it. Wasn't even in our European squad this year. His debut in Europe was against um, was against Leipzig second leg. That was his mm. first game in Europe this season because he wasn't even in the, in the squad. So mm. I think his mentality to have been nowhere near it so all of a sudden playing nine, ten games for Liverpool's first team, huge credit to him. I think it helps his background because his dad was a professional football player. I don't know if you remember him. Jimmy Phillips, left fullback for Bolton. And I think having someone like that would have really helped him. He's mature uh, and he gets it. He's taken his opportunity. Um, and whether, whether, whether long-term, I don't know. But what I do know is... I trust him out there and the manager trusts him, which has enabled Fabinho to go in midfield because the manager trusts Nat Phillips. If he didn't trust him or like him, Fabinho would still be playing centre-half at the moment. So uh, Nat Phillips has been huge to, to to our turnaround in momentum and believing that maybe we can get top four and maybe we can win the Champions League. Right, so <clears throat> what would be sweeter than Nat Phillips lived in the European Cup? <laughs> well, be, just, up, be up there with Igor Biscan and Jimmy Chirari lifting the, the, the Champions League as well no, so it's like, that's, that's, a, that's very very unfair very it's not unfair. that to me to me they were they were good players for us and I think for me Nat Phillips is has done an incredible job for us given the opportunities taken and football is about taking your opportunities mm. I think and, I think the comparisons with, with Biscan are quite fair like he that, that season he was really good when we needed him when we needed players in midfield, he came in and he'd done so well. And it's exactly the same with Phillips. <clears throat> Nobody believed Phillips would do the job he's doing at the moment. You know, so all, you know, huge you amount of credit. Jürgen's trust, which is what you want as a young player. And he's playing yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Ozan Quebec, lads, I think he looks like a smashing player. I'm just going <clears> to <throat> say that. I think he's, he's, given that he came in in the middle of the season, been asked to learn the system the way we play. But look, he looks to have really settled down over the last couple of weeks. To me, it's a bit of a no-brainer as a signing. Otherwise, you're going back into the lottery of the transfer market. Anyone else? Anyone? I, was, I was very harsh on him in the first few weeks because he just looked so off the pace. Um, mm. But, you know, him and Phillips have developed an understanding in the last few games. And, and I suppose if, if they, you know, I'm I'm all for us improving that area of the pitch in the summer. And and I think we should be looking at somebody with, with some natural pace who, who can possibly be an upgrade on... Uh, on Joe Gomez, 
and and that's that's where I think we should be looking at. Um, and and th- that might be harsh on Quebec. It might be harsh on Phillips. But if we're going to if we're going to challenge City again next season, I think that's where we need to be looking at doing. We need we need we need to push him to uh, to improve on Gomez or at least match that level to go alongside Van Dijk. For me, anyway. Mm. Stephen, Stephen, have you got the wine hooked up to your veins? Because <laughs> I haven't seen you. I haven't I'm seen you take red. one sup of wine. I think I've got it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You've consumed a full bottle of wine since the start of the show. Uh, I you mean, haven't taken one sup. I think the problem is it's coming up on me during the show. I think I think your lighting is, is a UV light, Steve. Or you're getting sunburned down there. <laughs> this is good. I just have a sunbed to the right of me here. Fucking pinging me out of the Right, lads, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, we're at the end, so we, we hit the air mark, which is lovely. Um, predictions, lads, for tomorrow night. It's, it's such a big game. Steve, which one are we going for? 2-1 win. 2-1 win. Mm. Andy? 1-0. Uh, uh, Phil, there was another topic, wasn't there? Which was I can't remember. <laughs> it was about the the future of uh, Jota and Bobby. I thought we covered that off when we were talking about the mail run. We kind of covered in, that in, 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 the, in, in the, the diamond round. four, okay. which is why which is why which is Andy why I'm hosting and you aren't going to jump in. So there's another topic. <laughs> Just trying to give you a dig out. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers. But given that we covered the topic off, I decided not to go back and say. Do you remember what we were talking about earlier on? When we talk about it again, all right. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for that, Andy. So, do we win? Yeah, yeah, we win one nil. When have I ever said we're not going to win? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm sh- I am shitting myself like big time. Uh, but... one, one thing we didn't bring up is the fact that we don't have to go to a full burnabout tomorrow night. No, we're, well, we're, not, we're, we're not even going to the. We don't have to go to the burnabout. <laughs> I know, I know. But what I'm saying is that we, we were talking about the benefit of Anfield's second leg and what we're lacking there, and I totally get that. And it's it's always been a huge thing for 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 second legs in European games, but. The Bernabeu is not an easy place to go when it's full and absolutely bouncing, and and you know that's that's an ask for any team to go and get a result there. So there's there's pros and cons to the current situation we're in, and admittedly, you know, our form at Anfield is pretty fucking poor. So hopefully we can change that at the weekend and then and then turn them over next week there. There's a bit there's a bit of love for you, Neil. Uh, I know Rafa's it's been give lots you a of hug, love, but I think uh, I think Barry Carr would would love to give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> If you're ever in I've read that and I thought all hair. I thought he got onto my hair. There <laughs> <laughs> was comments on the hair. Um, there was, comments on your hair throughout the yeah, show. The, the, one of the biggest topics that was being shown up there was uh, who has the better quiff, Neil or Steve-O? And I think that Andy, only me and you could have a conversation around that. One, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, like, I, to be fair, I, I think Neil, given... Like your hair hasn't seemed to change since you're about, I'd say, seventeen at this stage. It's it's fantastic. Like it's I, when I went to West Ham and I had a skin at, I said, "When yeah, I scored, did, yeah, oh, yeah, you did, yeah." And so, twenty first birthday, I've got skinhead pictures uh, for all that, and I've kept the same haircut ever since. I think yeah. it's look, man. I've I've got like, and I've I've got a decent head of hair, but it is starting <laughs> to disappear on me, right? And looking at yours, it's so it's so. It's, I, I've got a lot of hair envy going on there. There's a lot it's like there's a, not yeah. even there's not even a patch yeah. of recession going on. Your yeah. hair is like the Chinese economy. It's just going to keep yeah. growing and growing and growing. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's it's the, it's the it's first wonderful. time. It's the first time Steve hasn't had the best hair on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
fortune with hair products, but it can't <laughs> <laughs> you must be you must be glad the hairdressers are open again now because they're, they're still closed in the, in Ireland. Yeah, there's 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 some serious home haircuts going on. What was your yeah. man who was reffing the match at the weekend? That Stuart Atwell, was it? <laughs> yeah. What a what a bad haircut that, that was. That was the that was the sort of haircut your ma would bait you if you came in the bar. Get eight quid offer and only spend three quid on the haircut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Neil, yeah. I never asked you what, what what do you think will happen in tomorrow night's match? Uh, we win. I think they'll score, though. I fancy us to get a couple. So I think it'll be a win for us. Good, good. I'm, I'm going for the classic European draw. A one-all draw away, take the away goal back to home, where, I don't know, maybe Boris will accelerate, letting fans back in the stadiums or something like that, just to get a few people into Anfield. It'd be great to see that. <laughs> um, to roar them on home. Well, they're talking about letting, te- letting fans in for the last two games of the league, I think it is, and May the yeah. 17th or something like that. So It doesn't um, come in time for the Champions League, though. I was checking out the dates. I think the semi-final hits before the, the hits before the UK are talking about letting fans in, yeah. So. Excellent. Right, listen, lads, this has been a great show. I want to thank everyone's and all the comments coming on the side. Neil, there was another question, but hopefully we'll get you back on and ask you that question at, at another time. Um, that has been, of course, Stephen Daly down there, hooked up to a bottle of Shiraz, and he hasn't left it since. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Andy Young over that, so... <laughs> There's a straw going in his ear. Yeah. <laughs> I've Andy Young over that. So Andy, I want to say fair play to you because I know how well, how well you were. When we were talking this morning, I thought we were going to have to get a crane or an ambulance yeah. to get you out of the bed to come do this. No. And of course, down there, there has been the one and only, the Liverpool, the ex-Liverpool legend, and now LFC TV superstar, Sky Sports as well. The, the man's been on Sky Sports. Actually, Steve, well, you were saying it's our, it's our fault that, that Neil is so uh, famous now, isn't that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, that, you, all, that coaching, all that coaching we gave him in his social yeah. media career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you, you gave him Actually, a big break back, back in the day. <laughs> that, was the, that was the last time we had Martin Tyler excited was Neil Mellor's goal against Arsenal. It was. It was the last time Martin Tyler yeah. said anything positive. Actually, about yeah, yeah. I but he has... I'm kind of as excited as Neil Mellor does. <laughs> <laughs> There was only there's only been twice that uh, that Tyler's been as excited as that since, and that was the Aguero goal, and when Pogba hit one over the bar in his debut. They're the only two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boys, I, I've enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. I'll make sure my yeah. hair's look the same next time. Don't worry. Good, <laughs> spectacular, buddy. You can just pop it back on again when you're back on. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good night. Uh, right, nice Andy, hit the button. Hit Good night. God bless up. Good luck. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.